eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Offensive line, the running back room. Going to continue that conversation because it feels pretty heated. Uh, I feel like uh, the fan base is divided when, when we bring up Joe Mixon. And I think personally, the Cincinnati Bengals would have zero leverage to get rid of Joe Mixon right now because he would be the hottest running back on the market. And another team's going to scoop him up. They're not going to scoop him up for $12 million. But I think internally, those conversations are happening. Joe Mixon even said it during the playoff run. You know, he wants to be in Cincinnati and maybe they have the discussion of this is the pay cut. This is the restructure of your contract. This is what we want to do. We're going to add his future replacement in the draft. You don't have to tell him that personally. Uh, you bring in his replacement in the draft and, and maybe you add another free agency veteran to do the Samaje P. Ryan replacement. I don't know what that running back room is going to look like in September, but I still feel like those conversations are going to happen with Joe Mixon. What should this front office do right now? And, and, and what's, I mean, what's the correct decision in March with the running back room? Do you wait? Yeah. I mean, I kept saying, I think Mixon either gets cut or takes the pay cut with, in conjunction with another move. And that move never happened. They didn't sign Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or Dalton Schultz or any of these guys to a big deal and need the money. So if they don't need the money, and similar to Jonah Williams, and, you know, what is almost the point, like, right now, like, cut or make Joe Mixon take less money to go get Yanni Kangakwe? Like, that might be the best available edge rusher. I think Zedarius Smith might be out there. I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, Somebody can... If I'm just wrong, I'm wrong. But that'd be an awesome move. But, like, are they trying to make it? And if they do make it, that's when I think the cut would happen. I think if there's no point in having the extra money if you're not going to use it is where I am. So with Joe Mixon, at this point, I almost expect him to just be back on the same deal. And I don't think that was good allocation of resources. I think he was willing to take a pay cut. <laughs> you should probably should have taken advantage of that and played in free agency a little, a little more, but free agency is not over. I just think that a lot of the guys you'd sign now are to small deals and the Penguins will have 15 plus million dollars in free agency. And it's kind of what I was talking about in the last segment of just, I don't, 
it kind of stinks for an all-in year. And the reason I'm not gonna, I wouldn't give them an A or an A plus for this free agency period is there's just a lot of cap held up in players that aren't going to make that level of difference. So you could have made a few more all-in moves. Maybe the Bengals were never going to do that, but that's that's why I'm more at like the B range, even though I think both the signings they made were slam dunks. And one of the things, and we've talked about with restructures, um, I think the smart thing to do is the pay cut conversation, but you have to have the player willing to take the pay cut and not just bet on themselves to go into the open market and maybe they'll get more than that. But I just don't see that happening with this running back draft class. And one of the things, credit to the Bengals front office, one of the things that they do is they, they will give you your contract. If they promised you they're going to give you this number, they rarely have those discussions. I know it was one with Giovanni Bernard, and they decided to release him, and he went on another team when those discussions were happening about a pay cut, a potential pay cut that season when they decided to go all in with the extension with Joe Mixon. But, yeah, I don't know what that's going to look like. You're right. You bring up a really great point with the $12 million. Where Are you going to spend that to someone for another player? Are you going to use that elsewhere on the roster? If you're not, then then maybe you do just keep it and say you're going to make twelve million dollars this, this year. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> it would, yeah. I mean, it doesn't help on field, but you know, it helps morale and it helps. You know, the players will see that and they'll see like, okay, they didn't make him take a pay cut. If my pay, if I decline a little bit, they they might not ask me to do that. Or you know, it just makes players probably feel more comfortable. And he's a big presence in the locker room, so keeping him happy, I'm sure goes a long way so that that's where i am on is just like I, I wouldn't make the move just to make the move like i'm not just cutting his pay just because i don't agree with paying this guy 12 million like i don't care but if you're gonna make a move with it please do that make the team better it's just the team doesn't get better just because you add cap and then don't do anything with it i mean that's that's what the bad baseball teams the the buckos and the the reds seem to <laughs> seem to love to do uh, i don't follow baseball that well but they do yeah the uh, base you don't want that you don't you don't want to just be saving money for the owner like if it's there and you can you know spend it somewhere go ahead if zadarius smith wants to come on a one year 12 million dollar deal or something crazy and you're like, well, I don't want to go down to $3 million. Joe, take a $4 million pay cut so that we have $7 million to play with. Uh, awesome. But, yeah, until then, I am kind of in the camp of I don't really care what they do with the money. <laughs> they just need to sign somebody if they are going to cut the pay or cut him in general. It always feels weird talking about what people should get paid. I know. Yeah, that yeah. that's also a part of it. It's like I, that's, that's the thing. I don't. I don't care if he's going to make more than he's supposed to like, whatever (laughs) you have to do something with that money. Yeah, no, I like that idea. And and internally, you know, we don't know what the front office is talking to Joe Mixon about, um, but it is every day. It looks more and more likely that uh, Joe Mixon will be here and I'm all for it. Joe's going to produce, keep Joe in the running back room. And and obviously he is a captain and and a leader in the locker room for the guys in there. So to be determined what happens there, but I'm sure we'll, this won't be the end of running back discussions on the podcast this off season. I'm sure there's plenty more uh, depending on what happens in the draft or at 28. Uh, We'll move on to Nick Scott because we talked on Thursday. We were recording. The Bengals were having a few visits. Nick Scott uh, came here. It sounded like the visit went well, but he left. And I know the Rams started to say, hey, you know what? We'd really like Nick Scott to come back. And he decided, let's try something different. Let's go to Cincinnati. I don't know if you had had a moment yesterday, but I listened to his press conference and I'm all in. This sounds exactly like a free agent move that Duke Tobin in this front office, this defensive side, Louie Anarumo would all make just from 
the leadership, what he can do on the defensive side. Still a younger guy, but one of the older guys in the secondary room, yeah. which sounds crazy to say. But he just said all the right things. You hear that Mike Hilton was the first one to reach out to him. Joe Burrow was another one. I want to say Joe Burrow saw him in the locker room, too, uh, the other day, and, and they were able to meet in person. But overall, just feels like a really great fit for the defensive side of the ball. And we talked about it before. I don't see them going and spending $11 million, $10 million in the market. And CJ didn't get that. Uh, yeah. But uh, but overall, I feel like the way they did the deal and, and, and what he's going to be able to do when it comes to the speed, the secondary, the safety room with Dax Hill, it's going to be a really good fit. Yeah, I, I really like him. And I know people have read the PFF grades and I just, man, he's a safety. Like he, there are a few plays and this is why I think the, the coverage grade was lower. Is just, he's there. He makes the right read. He makes the right move. He gets in position. He even gets his hand in between the receiver's hands. They just held on. So that's a negative one. But if he gets his hand in there and they don't catch the ball. It's a plus one. So that's what a PFF grade is. It's just like minus one or plus one or minus two plus two on any given play. And so much of that is dependent on what's in front of him. So when he's there, he makes a play. He just, the ball just doesn't come out. And we kind of saw this a little bit with Jesse Bates where in 2020, when he had the insane season, it felt like every time he got near a ball, he was able to knock it out. But then 2021, they were just the receivers were just catching those. They get paid too. I think of that one Chargers <laughs> deep ball <laughs> that oh, that wasn't a good one for him. But yeah, it, it, and it was similar with Scott. That's why the PFF coverage grade ends up lower. I really like him. I think he's versatile. I think if you're going to look at a comparison, and I think Mike Hilton had a little bit more, a little bit more weight to his signing. Like people did think higher of him then, but that's the comparison. Mike Hilton was an undrafted free agent told no everywhere. I mean, I think he's told a story about he went, I can't remember what his dream school was, but he went there. It might've been Georgia. He went there and the guy basically told him you're too short. And then he went to Ole Miss. He's just always had that chip on his shoulder, undrafted free agent, works his way up the depth chart and finally starts for the Steelers and they don't value him. So he gets a new deal. Nick Scott, similar. I hope I'm still alive. Nick Scott, similar. Um, Seventh round draft pick from Penn State, and he doesn't start for years. Like he's 27, almost 28 years old, but he's only played like a year and a half of starting stuff. And he was awesome in their playoff run for the Rams. And the Rams fans love him. Like, who are they more upset about losing? It's Nick Scott because of what he was bringing. And it's just, I don't know. I love the story of these guys that are seventh round picks, undrafted free agents, etc. And they end up just becoming, you know, full-time starters, earning their money, earning a spot on the team. And that's what Nick Scott is. Anyway, for on-field things, He's great. I think he's very versatile and he maximizes what Dax Hill does much better than like a Taylor Rapp would have. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
there's a couple of things from listening to him yesterday and I'm not a huge on him ever playing special teams. I hope we, we, we count that out. I want him to be the starter out there with Dex Hill, but he was asked about that, you know, if, if that conversation would be brought up and, and they needed help on special teams or if that conversation happened when he signed his contract in Cincinnati and he just gave like the perfect answer, one that you would give in a job interview, but pretty much like I'm, I'm here to do whatever they ask of me. It, it wasn't like I'm only a safety on the defensive side. I will play special teams. I am too good for that or anything like that. And his mindset just sounded like this is a guy you want in your room. And I'm sure, you know, when they were able to visit with him last week, that's going to be an important part of the conversations of what you're bringing in here. The, the, you look at the draft picks, you look at the free agent picks over the last three to four years. And, and all of that stuff really matters when it comes to the leadership side of everything too. And I do think that's a difference. Um, I think he's going to be a fun addition and obviously not a huge name. A lot of people are like, oh, Nick Scott, I'm going to have to go back and watch some uh, some videos on him. And he was even bringing up the Super Bowl. And of course, you win the Super Bowl with the Rams, so you're going to be pumped. It was a great experience. And he was like, it was two competitive teams. It was a great game. And um, he's like, you know, sorry about Cincinnati. And, you know, we were excited, but uh, but obviously that was a really good Bengals team in 2021. And I just, I loved all of his responses to the questions. And I just think he's going to be, um, you know, real right spot for the defensive side. And, and obviously, I know a lot of Bengals fans about a week ago, bummed you lose a guy like Jesse Bates and, and uh, Von Bell. And those, that's not going to be easy to replace those guys. But I'm excited and optimistic of what you're going to see from Dax Hill and uh, Nick Scott, and, and maybe it'll take a few games to get them um, get them going out there on the defensive side of the ball, but it should be a lot of fun. But tight end, we're going to talk about this right now, because again, this is what happens. We talk, we record, we talk about the options, and then they'll sign someone. Um, at the moment, that tight end room uh, looks a little uh, not so great. They need, they need a few more bodies in there, and I think they're going to double dip, get a guy from free agency, and then also in the draft, maybe it's not at 28, but it's in the second or third round. Foster Morell. We mentioned it before on the podcast, and he visited with the Cincinnati Bengals, the Saints, two connections. You played at LSU. You played with Joe Burrow. The Saints, the Bengals, they make a lot of sense. Um, sounds like the Raiders are pretty much going to be moving on from him, or, or maybe he's made the decision he doesn't want to go back to the Raiders with a couple of their tight end visits. What do you think about Foster Moreau if he's in Cincinnati? I'm into it. I like him. Um don't want to overstate what he does. He's a good blocker, and he gives you that. So that – I think is a big part is that he's not just a slot receiver type tight end, like a Mike Gesicki. He'll actually get in there and block. That uh, was kind of his role with the Raiders because they had Darren Waller doing <laughs> all the slot stuff and being the crazy vertical threat, but he's athletic. He's athletic. He adds stuff as a receiver. He's probably a little bit more dynamic than Hurst, but the issues come, and he's a better blocker than Hurst. But the reason I don't know if he's a straight up upgrade over Hurst is he's always been kind of not great at catching the ball <laughs> uh 10 plus percent drop rate type thing and you look at some guys like Hurst not I think he's at like three or four like most tight ends are below that so that's the one thing is he's not as consistent he's not as reliable so maybe that's what you look for in the draft uh but I I like him a lot I think you sign him to a couple years just because if he hits you're going to get that cheap cheaper than it should be and uh, then that is what it is. But uh, I like it a lot. It sounds like the Saints are the other competition. Derek Carr maybe trying to woo his tight end. Look, if it was me, I would just feel so disrespected if I got keep getting taken off the field for Taysom Hill. <laughs> so <laughs> even more than Joe Burrow gets his tight ends paid, my argument would just be like, 
you're going to come off the field for that for that 33 year old quarterback at times because they love him there, and you're not coming off the field for the Bengals. You're going to have your shots. So if it was me, that was where I would sign. And also, yeah, Joe Burrow is going to make you look better than Derek Carr probably will, but. I like him a lot. I, I think that would be a good value signing. He's not the only tight end left, but you are starting to really dwindle on your prospective tight ends out there. Yeah. And I, I think that they're probably having conversations behind the scenes with a guy like Mitchell Wilcox, um, just another tight end to have out there. And and maybe it is a draft. Maybe it's, I, I feel like it's more and more every day we get closer to the draft, they're going to go the second round tight end, but it really okay. just depends on what their board looks like. Um, do some of the guys drop? Uh, is that Michael Mayer there at 28 and they just roll with the, with him at tight end because they didn't get the guy they wanted in free agency. I was a little surprised with the one year prove a deal for the tight end room. Uh, but the Dalton Schultz one, man, that felt like it could have been doable for Cincinnati. Absolutely. It almost feels like maybe they didn't even call. They just thought he was out of the price range and moved on. But uh, one year, $9 million. <laughs> If you make that move and you cut Joe Mixon down $4 million, that's like a $5 million deal. That could have given you so much. And I know look, Schultz gets a little bit too much hype, to, in my opinion. But The Dallas Cowboys not- uniform? Dallas Cowboys uniform. He's not like some deep threat, you know, super exciting option. He's like just reliable he is the he can block he can catch he can run he can do all that he's not going to be catching seam balls 30 yards downfield that often but he is sure a third down weapon but uh yeah that that one kind of stings more than the Gasicki one Gasicki got the same money and I think Schultz is a better player so that's out there if it's not Moreau I mean yeah it's down to like Irv Smith or Austin Hooper or Drew Sample I I do think they'll get somebody better than that, or at least a better receiver than that. But I don't know. Maybe that is the doomsday, right? The doomsday oh, sample for one million, and you have Wilcox in there. It's like we're drafting one, guys. <laughs> He's playing a lot. That's an unfortunate draft pick. It really, really is. But you know what? The front office they did better the following draft, and and they they've done okay in the last few off seasons. But yeah, I agree. I I think we'll uh, we'll hear a tight end signing soon for for the tight end room, and you'll probably they'll probably get another one in the draft. But to be determined, we still got about a month until the NFL draft. We'll have plenty of coverage. I know you have a great piece over on all Bengals. What is up there? So uh, I think since last time Nick Scott article is up there now. So check that out. That came out Monday and I'm going to get some type of prospect draft report up there by Friday. I don't know what it'll be or who, who, what, anything about that. I'm just like, I guess I got to get back in the swing of it unless they, if they sign a tight end, that'll be the article for Friday. But if that doesn't happen, I'm not just going to keep waiting for, the next free agency move. I think I have to, I have to personally move on a little bit and keep the content rolling. Mike is moving on from the Bengals free agency. <laughs> it's okay. I'll Until wait it's Jarek McKinnon, my guy. <laughs> You're the, you know what's funny? Because I think a lot of people, maybe they don't realize that he's available or I'm just not hearing his name enough because when I do, or when I'm like looking or peeking at social media, when they, when his name is out there, they're like, Oh no, he's old. Um, He's always heard. I'm like, Okay, bring him in. Let's see. Let's see what yeah, happens. Like one million dollar or two million dollars? Like who cares? Done. Done. Uh, but no, it, it'll be um the far from over from from free agency moves and just the NFL draft prep as we get closer to that. Everybody check him out over on all Bengals. You can follow him Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. And thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.